Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. Hey guys, welcome back to Records of the Republic. As always, my name is Wade, and joined with me today is just Kevin. Um, I shouldn't say it like that. Kevin, you're awesome. I love having you here. You're not just Kevin. Uh, but Alex is not joining us tonight. He, he unfortunately is having issues with Google Chrome and it not updating properly. Um, and so he said, just record without me, guys. I think he's probably going to go to bed and take a quick nap. Uh, we were afraid that we're actually recording a little bit later than we were planning on. And we thought at first that Alex had just fallen asleep and taken a nap anyway. Uh, it turns out, no, he is awake, but his computer's being stupid. So this is an Alexless night. That's a hard Alexless. Alexless. Alex isn't here tonight, but Kevin is. You said Kevin... it right every single time. I don't know what you think you did. It wrong, just sounds but... weird. Anyway. <laughs> Kevin, how are you, man? How have you been doing? How's life? How are the kids? How's the wife? Man, I'm wishing that I had fallen asleep. I'm very, very tired <laughs> this week. Um, Do you have your go-go ooh, juice? I don't know. No, I, I don't know what that is, but I'm not drinking anything. So I, I the answer is no. Okay. So it's no anyway. <laughs> um, man, I just... I'm ready for bed. I'm ready for tomorrow to be over and for it to be the weekend. You sound like an old man. I've had a grueling week, grueling couple of weeks, but I was telling you before, tomorrow's not going to be any better. I got some, a conversation to have that is really not going to be fun. Um, so. Kevin, every day is a good day. When you wake up and you're six feet above the ground instead of six feet below, it's a good day. Got to go into it with that mentality. What I did not say was that it couldn't be worse. It you, it's going to be a good day. You're going to get to fire someone, and it's no, going to be that's wonderful. not what it is. Oh, it's not firing them. No, no, you're no. helping it's them. Close. You're helping them. Yeah, I'm trying to with discipline. That's right. Getting their life together, and then if they don't, you fire them. That's how it goes. More don't look less. forward to it though, but hey, um, it'll be okay. You're a good manager. Some people are hard to train. I have learned that the hard way many times. You were my yeah. first difficult student that I was able to oh, turn God. into a, uh. a a masterful employee. I mean, you were like a mini me at the hotel, and I, I could not have asked for a better assistant. I could not have been easier to train. <laughs> you were the best assistant to the front desk manager I've ever had in my life. All right. Well, thanks. <laughs> I'll take it. I know there. I know there's an insult in there or something, but I'll nope, take it. Nope just just an office reference. That's it, man. Yeah, that's all yeah, it was. Yeah. No insult. But man, we had we had some sickness in the house this week. Mm. Yeah, it's been. I am ready. I'm ready to to sleep in on Saturday. I hear that. How are you? 
uh, we're not in the sleep in phase. We're in the sleepless phase uh, with the newborn. She just turned a month old. Uh, Monday, I think, was the 15th. So Monday, she hit a month. Um, she seems to be doing pretty well, though. I, I will say, we've been able to extend her overnight feedings a little bit. So it's not like she's sleeping through the night yet, but we're still getting some more chunks. And the way Penny and I kind of split up the overnight feedings, the hardest thing, and I, I hate it for my wife, but I sleep through alarms pretty regularly, and I depend on her to help me not sleep through them. Um, and so I could set like five alarms and they're not going to wake me up. So it's, it's just kind of one of those, she unfortunately does not get a long stretch of sleep. Now she doesn't have a stretch where she has to get out of bed. She at least can stay in bed and just hit me till I wake up. And that usually does the trick. I do wake up to physical acts of violence. Um, just not alarms. So any kind of sound, just, it doesn't do it for me. But that's a problem. You do what you got to do. I have, I use, I sleep with my um, Apple watch on. So the alarm comes through and it, it uh, vibrates on my wrist and that wakes me up. But I don't have an Apple watch. So get one. If you don't have one, get one. You know, that's something we're probably going to do when our tax return comes in. Just get an old one. No, I don't. I want to get a newer, like if I get an old one, the chances of it breaking down sooner are much higher. That's why yeah, I don't if have you're one. only using it for an alarm at night. I don't. I use it for all kinds of things. I use it for working out. I use it like if I'm going to get an Apple Watch, if I'm going to spend money on an Apple Watch, I'm going to get one that I'm, I'm going to get it to use it. I'm not going to get it for just overnight stuff. Like I'm going to get it to track all of my activity, like my footsteps throughout the day. I'm going to track my gym activity. I'm going to, you know, text and everything. I'm going to do all of that. So there's a walkie talkie app that we could use that we could really torture each other with that'd be dope <laughs> yeah um i have I'm looking SE forward to this really now. that's what i was looking at i was i mean it's walmart good. sells the se's and i was like yeah. you know that would be basic enough that's that's like perfect for what i want and it's much more budget friendly so that's probably what i'm gonna end up getting but you know we'll see anyway but yeah it's been uh life's been pretty good um i just got in my pre-ordered Balin Skull uh, Black Series, which is also the second Black Series I've gotten early now when I pre-ordered them, earlier than I originally expected. Now, I could have waited. I, I could have gotten it in store because I think they are technically in stores now. Um, I know Shin Hati was at GameStop the other day, but I didn't see any Balins. So I don't know where he is, if he's at any specific stores. Um, but I got it earlier than I was expecting it. I wasn't supposed to get it till like February 2nd. So score That's and it really looks, early. it looks dope. Um, it's not the biggest complaint people have had with it. There are two. It's about the same height as the Shin Hati, uh, figure, which is not really accurate considering how giant Ray Stevenson was <laughs> like yeah. dude was, dude was like a mountain. Uh, and his lightsaber was super long and it, it's not that way with the figure. So those are the biggest two. Now, I'm not someone who really cares about those minor details when I'm putting a figure on display. So that doesn't bother me a bit. I would care about that, though, because like, you're probably going to put him and uh, Shin together. Nope. Like, that would bother me. I'm not getting Shin. I would. 
I would I want both of them. See, I didn't care that much about Shin's character. Her, I mean, her character was kind of interesting, but like Balin's character, that one's the one that yeah. really captivated me. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so that's why I wanted that figure. It's not because I didn't get like Sabine, I didn't get Ezra, I didn't get a lot of the other mainstream figures that are cool characters that I like. I just got the two figures that stood out to me most from the show, and that was Balin and Hu Yang. I would have so, guessed that those would be the ones that you get. Yeah, if I have to pick two, those were the two. I, I wouldn't mind getting a Balin Funko, but at this point, all discretionary spending right now is just out the window. Um, so that's that's not going to happen for a while. But... I'm trying to think. Okay, so moving into more Star Wars related. Do we have any fun news to talk about this week? We had um, James Earl Jones' birthday. 93. He's 93. I hope I don't live to be that old. I I know that's that's probably a bad take. Most people are probably like, yeah. But I, I just, I can't imagine, you know, not being able to do a lot. My goal is to hit like, 75 i think 75 is a good age and then if i make it past that and i'm still doing well all right that's fine but 75 is like that's my my peak elder you want to hit the average yeah yeah i want to be average so not your average joe but yeah he turned 93 i'm trying to think were there any other like birthdays or any bits of like news that came out this week Allegedly, John Williams is unretiring. Oh. I don't know how true that is. I saw it, and it was in an article. I read it, and it seemed seemed legit, but it kind of went away. I feel like if it was true, it would have been much, much bigger news, but who knows? Huh. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, let's see. We talked about – I'm looking to see if we had anything show-wise. Oh. Um, in addition to another season of Tales of the Jedi, it is rumored that we are going to also be getting a spinoff Tales of the Sith and Tales of the Bounty Hunters, um, which would be really, really, really cool to see. Uh, Dangar Dangar can finally be a a valid, relevant character. (laughs) Hashtag justice for Dangar. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch anything that's Star Wars in all fairness. Yeah, but I think it would be cool. I I, I think I would enjoy that. It probably will. I mean, it'll it'll be good. And I think that if we get any more Boba Fett, I think that's going to be the most recent thing that we'll get. I mean, that'll be the the soonest we get him. Tem, I would love for him to voice it. I think that would be awesome. Don't know if they'll use him or not for that, but I can't imagine them making... I don't think they would for animation. I don't know. I mean, there's a possibility. Why not? Uh, I don't... He's so anxious... He's so yeah, they've anxious. They've got somebody. They've got somebody. Isn't it D. Bradley Baker that does the clones? Yeah, he does. That's who they would go with. I think that's a bad decision. I Why? think they should bring Tem in. Because Tem is so it's... anxious to play the character some more. Like, yeah, I mean, look, I, look I'm him. not Bring him here. in. Let him do it. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying I'd be mad if he did it. Give D. a rest. He's had to voice 200,000 voices with a million more well on the way. Isn't that the, the how many? I mean, he, he's voiced a lot of characters. Give him a break. Give it to the, him. Let him do it. 
It's his the character. Dude, it's just no, like the dude needs to rest. He's doing too it's much. Just like with it's just like with our Clone Wars characters. Right. He is one, but what's the Matt Lanter? We don't. I would want him to do any animated Anakin. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I can see that. So here's what I'm thinking. Tales of the Bounty Hunter, I think, is going to cover um, the bounty hunters that we saw, like, on the bridge in Empire Strikes Back. That's going to be our OT boss, um, our, our OT era uh, yep. show. I think Tales of the Jedi might actually cover some High Republic stuff in Season 2. As much as, and we did a poll on this recently, we asked everyone, um, what which Jedi would you like to see stories of? in tales of the jedi and why the most popular answer so the four the four answers i put in were jaro to paul and cal kestis balan skull pong krell and then any of the jedi council members like that we haven't seen a lot of yet um and the majority of course voted for um balan skull which i think is a popular vote i'm totally on board with that my personal choice the one I really want to see some more of is Jaro Tapal and Cal Kestis. Um, whether we'll actually get it at any point, I don't think so. But that would be my my like, hey, this is my wish list. I would like to see them in that show. Just because I like Jaro Tapal and I like the guy who voiced him in the video games, Travis Willingham. He's awesome. He's an awesome guy. He does a bunch he, he's a total nerd. Like, super into, like, Dungeons and Dragons. He voices a lot of anime and video game characters. Super cool guy. I would very much like to see him get a shot at voicing him in an animated series. So, that would be my choice. Um, I was surprised we did get a couple of votes for Pong Krell. Yeah, that is surprising. I figured Balin would run away with it. With how old he is, or how old that species is... They he very well might have been alive during like the High Republic, like Yoda was. So we might get something there. I think that would be really cool to see. You know, kind of like Dooku, see his downfall. Like what what made him lose faith in the Jedi and and that sort of thing. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. It's not my ch- top choice. I think I would prefer like miscellaneous Jedi Council members over Pong Krell. But I put that in there as a dark horse to see if we got any votes for it, and we did. So I was I was mildly impressed yeah. that some people are interested in them. But anyway, I think personally, I think Tales of the Jedi is actually going to be High Republic focused. Um, you know, we've got the Young Jedi Adventures right now, which is also in the High Republic, and we're getting more episodes out on Valentine's Day. I think we talked about that last podcast episode. Um, so that's exciting to me. I like it. I like the, I, I love the show so far and Gene loves it. Um, anytime I ask him what he wants to watch, it's one of two things. It's either Blippy or Star Wars. That's it. And now that he's got his, he's got his High Republic nubs. I, I was not big on the High Republic at first, like going into reading. Now the first book, the first of the adult books and the young adult books, they were really well written, very entertaining. The second of each has been a little harder for me to to really get into, but the young advent young Jedi Adventures is a fun show. Gene's got his nubs plushy. He's got his um, young Jedi Adventure Lego sets. So he's like floating on cloud nine right now. He he's awesome. absolutely 
uh, this kid, he's into Star Wars, and I love it. I feel like I've already succeeded as a dad. I just have to get him to stop biting people. That's it. That's that's all that's left on the list, and I've I've succeeded as a dad. Don't worry, Wade. You'll do that, and then you'll add three other things to the list. <laughs> Probably. That's how it goes. Um, but man, isn't it isn't it the best? You know, the other day, so we got some snow up in New Hampshire, a lot of snow, and Zach was so excited to go out and uh, play in the snow, not because of sledding or like building a snowman or normal kid stuff. He wanted to go pretend he was on Hoff. The oh, I was gonna say the Force Awakens, but that's no Hoff. I thought he was gonna go the whole Kylo Ren, Finn, and Ray no. scene on the Force Awakens. No, on he's Star an Killer Empire Base. guy. That's cool. He's an Empire that, guy. He that's that even one. better. That that yeah. makes me that makes my heart happy for you, Kev. Absolutely, I was Speaking so of which, so happy. I mean, look, look. I've got Darth Vader walking an ad at on my on my shirt. That's perfect. So that is pretty cool. Tales of the Jedi. I would like to be High Republic era, just because I'd like to get some more visual um, content around that era. You know, we got a little bit. Have you played Jedi Survivor yet? I don't have any. I don't have a system. Okay, so I won't spoil too much, but there is High Republic content in jedi survivor that's cool um which is really cool and it's really cool how they've linked it and they're kind of like sprinkling a little bit kind of just here and there so i think tales of the jedi would be a great way to introduce some high republic stuff without it being like full-blown hey you got to commit to you know 20 or 30 episodes in a season of of something like that i think that would be a much better way of trying to kind of introduce the adult young adult fans into more of the high Republic, you know, who may not be into the books as much. That would be cool for people like me because I am interested in reading the high Republic books and starting them. But it's really, really hard for me if I don't have a visual thing to match it with. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the hardest thing with it is outside of the young Jedi adventures, everything has pretty much been books and then comic books. Yeah. So it would be – I think that would be a good way. I think that would be a smart move on Disney's part. And then so Tale, Tales of the Sith I actually think would be very wise for them to go backwards even further and go to the Old Republic. A hundred and fifty percent. It would be a, a fantastic way to reel in some of that Old Republic canon stuff, especially when you look at animation and, you know, things like Darth Bane showed up in the Clone Wars, his his Force ghost or Force spirit haunting, whatever. He was in the Clone Wars for an episode and also voiced by Mark Hamill. But I would love to see, you know, the peak. I, the peak of Sith content to me stands out. In the Old Republic. And that's not to say the, the, the peak of Sith power, but just in terms of the, the amount of content we get with the Sith, I, I feel like takes place in the Old Republic. And that's because you've got the Sith Academies on different planets. You've got you know the Sith Empire. You've got a whole empire of, of systems in the Outer Rim dedicated to just like this is what the Sith control. And that's not to say, like I said... Obviously, Sidious did a fantastic job turning the Galactic Empire. I mean, technically, the Galactic Empire is a Sith-led empire. 
Um, so he did, you know, he, to his credit, powerful woohoo, whatever credit, credit words. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I, I think, you know, when you've got all these characters like Darth Bane, Darth Revan, Darth Nihilus, all these EU characters that people have been begging and begging and begging for, you don't have to commit to it with, with a live action show with a full season. You know, you're talking about six episodes and each episode highlights a different Darth or, you know, Darth character. Or you have yep. some, you know, three of them, like they did with uh, with Tales of the Jedi, three of them highlights one, three of them highlights another. Mm-hmm. And some, yeah, you know, it's, something it's like that would be perfect and easy. Absolutely. And it that would have potential to be like instantly some people, some of people's favorite Star Wars. Like 100%. I would soak that up and I would watch it over and over and over again. I well, really hope that they go that direction with it. I think if they were to do something like this, they're going to start bridging a lot of gaps because there are a lot of divides among the Star Wars fandom right now. And I mean, granted, I think there always have been, you know, ever since the prequel trilogy came out, the prequel trilogy started kind of the, the great divide. And then from there, it was just like you have different things coming out at different stages in different people's lives. And, you know, you get more division and more division and more division. And I don't think there should be division, but that's just how people are. They like certain things. They dislike certain things. They share their opinions. And, you know, instead of approaching it with the, well, you can like what you like and I can like what I like and we can still be friends. A lot of people don't take that approach like they should, but I think Disney can do a very good job with some of these spinoff short series um, in trying to help bridge some of those gaps. And I think it would do a lot for for those naysayers who are like, Disney Star Wars is not great Star Wars. While I may disagree with them on that, I think doing some stuff like this, because those people are usually the people who are like, I want the old EU to be canon. You know, I want all of this other stuff to be canon that that is currently sitting in the Legends branding. And I think it would be a fantastic olive branch. And if those naysayers are still naysayers after that, nothing more Disney can do. They did their job. They did their they did their due diligence to try and, you know, make peace with these fans. You know, I don't I don't necessarily believe that you should cater to all fans, but these short series would be a great way to cater to the fans without having to commit a whole bunch of content. So that's my thought on the Tales of the Jedi and then possible Tales of the Sith and Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Um, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, I think, are the least, I don't want to say controversial, but they're going to be liked regardless. They're bounty hunters. You know, we can get those guys, you know, from any era and they're going to be fun. So, yeah, I mean, and even if people don't like it, it's one of those things where if you don't like it, you're probably just going to not really watch it. It's it's not going to create a lot of buzz one way or another. Right, right. Unless they do something really crazy cool, which would be awesome. I mean, which, like if they, yeah, but I don't think they're setting out to do that with these shows. I mean, if Tales of the Bounty Hunters was like, you know, three episodes talks about Django being rescued and they pull from the Dark Horse comics, that would be dope. It would be cool. Yeah, that would, would be, be that would be. So there are some there are some cool things that they that really would cause a lot of buzz um, around that. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I don't think that they're setting out to do that. I think I think these are just. It's them having fun. I hope so. That That's ultimately what I hope, is that it's just simple, easygoing, fun stuff. Hey, here's some extra side stories 
about yeah. different characters who you guys might already be familiar with and like. And I'm okay with that. Like there should be, I, I, I really feel like there should be Star Wars that is just here, enjoy this and not this, this is the implications that it has on, you know, the, the old Republic or this, this yeah. EU sort like it's, it's nice to have some content that is just for fun, which we also got another announcement. I guess, I don't know if it was officially confirmed, but uh, another sort of thing that people have been asking about that would fill the same bucket of let's just watch this and have some fun with it. Wade, do you want to kick that off? I do, but before I get to that, I wanted to get to one other thing. Um, oh, you, know, you just took that segue. And I know it was, it. it was a good segue. I'm going to give you that. I'm I'm so sorry, Ugh. but you forgot, and you actually kind of brought it up yourself. So I'm blaming you for this. Um, I'm blaming you a hundred percent. You were talking about, um, you know, just fun Star Wars and like not taking it seriously, or you know, it not it not adding too much depth necessarily, but just kind of being there. You know, it's it's just something there that's that's fun. But that said, like that's what I initially thought Tales of the Jedi was. It, with season one, it added some backstory to Ahsoka, which was really cool. And it was cool how they kind of threaded some of that into Clone Wars, you know, with the training that Anakin put Ahsoka through. And then with the last episode, they were kind of able to relate it to the Ahsoka book without it being, you know, word for word, spot on, perfect. The storyline kind of matched up. So, you know, they, they were able to relate some things with Ahsoka, which was really cool to me. But the cooler thing that I didn't even realize, because I'm, you know, I'm doing my whole watching each episode of the movies and Clone Wars. Clone Wars has been the hardest. Um, thankfully, I've got time at my four o'clock feeding hour to watch a couple episodes. <laughs> so, but I didn't realize this until I was watching Attack of the Clones. And like. I had some I had some notes that I wrote down about watching this movie because there are things that I've read and enjoyed or watched and enjoyed that added so much more depth to the movies. Um, so like when I was watching Attack of the Clones, I wrote down a couple of notes and sent them to you. One, I mentioned that the interactions between Dooku and Obi-Wan, you know, especially when they talk about Qui-Gon and, you know, um, Windu and Dooku knowing that they used to do missions together. They were actually kind of friends at one point. Um, and Dooku and Yoda, watching all of these interactions between these characters in Attack of the Clones, was made so much richer to me after watching things like Tales of the Jedi and reading Master and Apprentice and uh, Dooku, Jedi Lost. Because Master and Apprentice talks about um, not only Qui-Gon's um, you know, on the mission that they're on, Qui-Gon's relationship to Obi-Wan as a master, but also it, it reflects and goes back with flashback scenes to Dooku as Qui-Gon's master. And so you've got that, and then Dooku Jedi Lost covers stuff like his relationship with, you know, some of the other Jedi master members and, and the council as a whole. And, and then you've got, of course, Tales of the Jedi, where you see Dooku and Qui-Gon go on a mission and, and Dooku and Mace go on a mission. And then, of course, Dooku's fall, where he takes out Yaddle. Um, but all of that kind of enriched those those conversations that happened, however brief they may have been. 
you know, but when, when Dooku addresses Mace as his friend, like there's a sense of genuineness to that. Cause at one point they were friends, you know, and there was a sense of backstabbing almost to an extent when Mace got the council seat and Dooku didn't, or at least that's how he felt, you know, but stuff like that really did add into me rewatching attack of the clones with a different perspective. Um, second thing I noticed the hangar that Dooku flies into on Coruscant to deliver the death star plans from, uh, Geonosis to Sidious appears to be the same hangar that he killed Yaddle in. You can see the rounded door coming from the top and you got all the spiky, like teeth looking pieces that connect with the other spiky teeth looking pieces on the bottom. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's the same hangar. So it just kind of hit me. I, I never noticed that detail before. Not that I would before Tales of the Jedi, but after watching Tales of the Jedi, it's like, ah, they've really nice included touch. some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a that was a nice touch. Um, and then the third one I wrote is it's absolutely crazy to think more and more about the fact that not only was Sidious right there under the nose of the Jedi in plain daylight, but someone like Dooku could also travel to and from Coruscant without issue or concern. Like how are how are uh, what did I write? How are the much more powerful or or how much more powerful uh, must the Sith be in order to be able to operate from the same planet as the Jedi right out under their nose? Uh, That's just how incompetent the Jedi Order was during that time period. And I said, it's crazy to me. Props to the dark side. Unfortunately, laughing emoji. So these were my what time did I send this? These were, this was at like 6 a.m. I was doing a feeding at that moment when I was watching Attack of the Clones. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, I cannot, looking back on that, I cannot believe just how frustratingly incompetent the Jedi were. That not only when like Dooku and arrogant, arrogant I think is the, the word we use the most, that especially you have pointed out, super arrogant. That, I, I mean, literally, Dooku told Obi-Wan to his face. i mean (laughs) totally just blatantly out to his and and that never connected as a kid but now i'm watching it as an adult and i was like you don't think that was at least worth following up on oh no no the jedi would know this you know Uh, it's like what no i mean maybe maybe you should at least follow up on the lead like it's not an anonymous tip no it's not from a reliable source but i think you know when you guys are talking about the jedi going from peacekeepers to warriors and, and generals in an army, you might at least want to cover all of your bases, regardless of whether the but source is reliable. I've always said that I blame Yoda for everything that happened because I think it was his arrogance. I don't think it was like when Obi Wan in that scene. That's not arrogance. That's faith. Like he has faith that Yoda, the other council members, are, uh, you know, they're able to see this stuff. It's the council members senior ones specifically Yoda that are the arrogant ones and blind to what's going on but that's what i mean like the jedi order as a whole was arrogant and and blind to everything and again how is duku how on earth with all the security that they have around coruscant in space how on earth is his ship able to get through coruscant like, I get Sidious, because all he has to do is pull his hood down and kind of adorn his Palpatine face, and it's like, all right, yeah, he's got official credentials. But Dooku? Dooku did. He was he was a political leader. 
Yeah, he was. But, like, how is he able to escape Geonosis and then fly? Like, right after leading the, the situation at Geonosis, how is he able to then fly into Coruscant undetected without any issue? Yeah, I don't know. I, That's that what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on. Like, I feel like if if the Grand Army of the Republic, granted, brand new, they still haven't figured out all their little quirks here and there, but the Grand Army of the Republic flies into Geonosis to attack all these droids and save the Jedi that are on ex- on trial for execution. And, you know, they go through all these huge battle scenes. You don't think there was any kind of relay where Yoda was like, hmm, maybe I should, or, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, um, this guy just to tried to kill me. Don't let him, don't let him in. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I just don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't I know. Mean, I don't know what the security was like. It definitely stupid. wasn't, I don't think, it wasn't as tight as it was with the Empire where every ship in and out. Or even once the Clone War started, I get it. But it's like if, well, I'm going to backtrail a little bit because they did have the moment at the beginning where, you know, Padme was talking to Palpatine and the Jedi and she was like, I think Dooku's behind this. And Ki-Adi Mundi was even like, you know, Dooku's a political idealist, not a murderer. Yeah. But. Still, I mean, like, you think there would be some kind of correspondence between Geonosis and Coruscant in that time frame where they were like, hey, Dooku just tried to have two Jedi and a senator executed. Maybe don't let him onto the planet. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. That's just me. No, you're right. It makes sense. I think it was something they maybe didn't think of. Yeah, I guess. But anyway... All of that to say, I had a lot. I had a lot deeper thoughts on Attack of the Clones than I ever thought I would after watching and reading some of these other sources. So, Attack of the Clones is a truly great movie that I think people just need to give another chance. Yes, if you can get past the, and I, I will admit it. I, I kind of like it, but I will admit it is corny. The corny relationship stuff between Anakin and Padme. It's yeah. cringy. It's corny. Um. I personally think it's justifiable, but I know not everyone does. And so, I, you know, if you can get past that, I think we're good. I don't, I, I don't love the way it's written, but I understand what it's trying to do. Right. I understand what it adds to the story. So I don't, I don't mind it. Like I get why people make fun of it. Like when I watch it with Jess, um, I don't, I don't blame her when she's like, "Oh, this is terrible." <laughs> well, it, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is, it, it is it's definitely. Important. That's the difference between prequel fans and sequel fans, though. Is we we call out the flaws in the prequels and we make fun of them. Sequel fans get a little bit more butt hurt. Yeah, but can you blame them? You're right, but can you blame the sequel fans? Yeah, I can, because I mean, we I had can. to deal with that they, crap. And we just we just I lived don't think through it. It's the same. We didn't have social media the way that sequel fans have, and the constant like we just had to deal with it at school, and we kept our mouth shut. Like de- it definitely wasn't fun for sure. I've talked about it before, but I think that sequel fans have it way worse. So they, they feel like they need to defend every single thing. Here's here's the thing though. Here's the thing about social media. I can't block someone in real life when I'm on the playground. I can't block them. They can follow me around. I can't get a restraining order on them when I'm nine. Like all they're doing is saying mean words about right. the sh- the movies I'm I like. Not I can't. It was easy. But with social media, you can. Anyone that but you know, someone. Coming. Nah, who cares? So block them all. That's that's what I'm saying. You can block that, all of I'm that. Sure, 
I'm sure that gets exhausting though. Uh, and, maybe it does. People are much people are much more cruel over the internet there than they are. I get it. Yeah, and they are cuz they can hide behind a keyboard and you know they don't have to do it face to face. But at the same time, again, like you see something negative you don't like, block, report, whatever. Move on. Yeah. And then you clean out I'm your glad feed. You see it that way. I'm, I'm just saying. It that way, but I feel like that's the logical that thing to do. It is, but I don't think it's as easy for everybody to just brush it off. Like this, it's this thing that they love, and you know they're just getting inundated with hate about it, which is something that prequel fans can relate to. But I yes, do think can. that it's different. I think that it, it's different. But I'm going to stand by the fact that they can block those sources if they they choose to. They, sh- they should. They can, and they should. I agree. So anyway, <laughs> and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a sequel guy. I, I don't tend to block them just because I like to play devil's advocate. So if someone's like trashing on something, sometimes I will go in and like try and come up with defenses for it just to mess with people. But I usually do that from my personal account and not the records account. So <laughs> No, but you are, you are right though. There, there is this I, sequel fans have a chip on their shoulder and they feel like they have to, defend and explain every single thing like it's great and yes if they truly like it that's fine but i don't know like there are some things about the prequels that i didn't love i those are still my favorite movies um but i don't feel like i need to defend everything but i think what i think that also comes from is we did our time defending (laughs) everything about the prequels yep we did and we came out so maybe they'll get to that point too I hope so. My thing is they they just don't seem to differentiate between like joking and like serious hate. Yeah, but I think it's because of that chip on their shoulder. Like they they just assume that you're insulting them because that's what has happened for They just they just got to brush the chip off. The years since those movies. Brush they it off. They should. Yeah, but it's just it's just not that simple. I get it. All right, you want to do the segue again, Kevin? <laughs> no, I did it once. If you want to edit that and just crop it over here and do that. I'm not cutting and pasting. We are all natural we, on this. We got some rumors. I Again, I don't know how if they were confirmed or not, but they seemed widespread and gained enough traction that I think it's probably legitimate. Yeah. But we are potentially getting something that a lot of people have been asking for for a long time, myself included. And that is a Star Wars what if. Yes. Now, this was the most exciting piece of news to me in recent weeks. And here's why. I think Disney has a fantastic opportunity to give people the EU in visual form. That's... That's the direction. If they go anywhere with this direction, I'm talking post-original trilogy EU. I'm not talking about any of the prequel EU stuff. I'm not talking about anything before that. I'm not even talking about Old Republic because I think they can go Old Republic with different shows. So much of that is still untouched. I mean they haven't touched anything canonically really for, for Old Republic. And so they've got like freedom out the wazoo to correct you know, their mistakes that they made with sequel trilogy. And I say mistakes they made with sequel trilogy because the more I read the EU, 
like Heir to the Empire trilogy, Hand of Thrawn duology, uh, the X-Wing series. Um, I just started the, the Outcast book. I forget which Fate of the Jedi or something like that. Let me see. Let me see what it's called. Um, cause I just started it today and so far it's been fantastic. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah. So it's fate. Of, it's the fate of the Jedi series. Um, the first book is outcast and these are all books that cover, you know, Luke meeting Mara Jade dealing with Thrawn. Um, you've got, you know, um, Han and Leia with their kids, Jason and, and Jada, is it Jada, Jada. or Jaina? Um, yeah, so they've got and Anakin and Anakin. Yep. And Luke has been. So, you know, we've got some of these other characters that people have fallen in love with for the longest time. That was the only Star Wars they got after Return of the Jedi. And they're very well written. The more I'm listening to these books, the more they start to, you know, because I read the I read the X-Wing books first. And then I read the Heir to the Empire trilogy. And there really wasn't a lot of overlap between those two books in terms of like the characters and everything. Like they kind of followed different missions, different issues that they were dealing with. One was dealing with Isard. The other one was dealing with Thrawn. One was Luke, Han, and Leia and Chewie. The other one was Wedge and Corrin Horn and Rogue Squadron. And so they kind of followed different trains. But then you get to um, Hand of Thrawn duology and everything's mixed. All these characters are overlapping and and working within the New Republic together to deal with different issues. And then that continues on even further in the Fate of the Jedi series, so far from what I've read. And so it's been really neat. And so far, you know, I know a lot of people said that the old EU was not very coherent. And I get that there are some book series or books out there that don't necessarily mesh perfectly or well with, you know, what I'm reading right now. But so far, between these three or four authors, everything's lined up pretty darn well. And there's an uh, there's this awesome post you know empire, imperial remnant uh, thing going on throughout these books, and it, it has been so so awesome to read what could have been you know what if this is what Disney had done, and so I think Disney has this really awesome opportunity to not go into the theoretical that they did with Marvel, where it was like, well, what if Agent Carter got the serum instead of, you know, Steve Rogers? All right. Yeah, that's cool. But I don't want them to do any of that. I don't want them to, to like touch on the, the Mortis God episodes in Clone Wars where they show like Ahsoka turned to the dark side. I don't really want any of that. I don't want what if, you know, Obi-Wan were to have fallen or, you know, Anakin had beaten Obi-Wan or I don't want them to touch any of that. Not that I don't think it would be good, but I think they have this really good opportunity to to pay justice to the old EU and, you know, to say, what if Luke had run into Mara Jade, you know, mm-hmm. and they could even do things with like Starkiller. What if Darth Vader did have a secret apprentice, you know, stuff like that. They could really do some justice for fans who are like, why on earth was all of this left out? Why? Why And I I have to say, you know, I've fallen more into the disliking sequel train again the more I've read these EU books. Because I can only imagine the pain and frustration that these fans had after spending tons and tons of money on these books, reading them religiously, 
you know, as their only source of content outside of the movies. And then we get the prequels, which doesn't really relate too much to to the EU books. So we're good there. We're still in the clear. And then Disney takes over Star Wars and completely goes in a, a different direction altogether. Mm-hmm. I mean, altogether. Yeah, I know. I've had those conversations with people about how they they left the fandom not because of anything about the sequels, but because everything that they had fallen in love with suddenly wasn't canon anymore. And of course, there's there is some debate here about whether ever actually was canon. I don't think it. I don't think George ever considered it the same level as his canon. He did. But... It wasn't. It wasn't ever canon in the same sense. But it was the only stories they had. Regarding these characters. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like, hey, we're officially saying this stuff is all irrelevant. And so I I still read these books with the uh, with the mindset of, oh, that would be really cool if that story. But then the more you get into it, it's different when it Luke's on his own still than it is when Luke's got a wife who died and he's got a kid. And it's like you get vested, invested in those characters and then to know, oh, we're not ever going to get those characters because they went in a, in a completely different direction. I, I get it now. I get it so much more now. You know, my initial gripe with, with the sequels was just the direction they took Luke in. Like I knew Jaina and Jason existed at one point. I'd never read any of the books, so I didn't have any, any connection with those characters. Um, I didn't have any connection with Mara Jade. I knew there was a part of the fandom that loved this character and wanted her in, in the movies and to be brought in. I didn't have any personal connection with her because I didn't grow up reading these books nearly as much. Um, Most of what I grew up reading was Clone Wars era stuff, you know, like the Jedi quest books and talking about like Anakin as he was, you know, going through his stages of training to become a Padawan and then, you know, a Padawan under Obi like that. That's my generation of books. And so I, I get it so much more now. It, it's so much deeper. The, the, the frustration with Disney is so much deeper than just, hey, you messed up Luke's character. Hey, why'd you kill off Han? You know, it's, it's so yeah. much more than that. And I'm getting that because these books, they're not just okay books. It's not like they're... They're books that I'm like, all right, yeah, I might reread these again. No, these are books that I've already reread a couple of times. I've gone through the Heir to the uh, Empire trilogy. I've gone through the first four X-Wing books multiple times. And that's because they are so, so well written. And they they tell such awesome, compelling stories. Um, And so it is. It is very disappointing and frustrating. And I hope that with, you know, the Mandalorian and Grogu movie, Dave Filoni's movie, I hope they're able to kind of do some justice to those shows, but I think the real opportunity they have is not to get into the theoretical stuff, but to do what if and have like an alternate timeline where they say, what if these events transpired instead? Yeah, they can have their cake and eat it too. Like we can have everything that we want. Yes. They can do their thing and and they can still tell us the stories that we've always wanted them to tell. And then and then you've made some fans happy because you have the idea that there is an alternate timeline where these things may have happened. You know, there was a potential. And the the timeline that we have is as canon 
is just how the events happen to unfold. Right. And I, I think that that would at least, you know, I don't think it necessarily heals the wound, but it puts more than just a bandaid on it. It's yeah, it's it's an acknowledge it's an acknowledgement. Yes. And I think that's important. I agree. So I'm hoping that that's what they do with with what if. Um, that said, totally unrelated. And the last part of this that I wanted to touch on, we got a voicemail from RFB, Rural Farm Boy. So I wanted to play this real quick. We're going to do it my redneck way. Hey, oh, my records boys, RFB. Looking at the latest question in the Twitterverse. I'm calling it the Twitterverse because that's what it do is. Do I need to restart it? Wait, went and put up. Interesting question. Um, would the Jedi Order had a better chance to survive in Order 66 if they'd made use of more than one Jedi Temple? Um, in my opinion, no. I just want to point out real quick. He's also a pro Empire guy, so I don't really take everything he says to heart. So, RFB, I think your your viewpoint's a little skewed here, but we'll continue. You're underthinking the grand strategy of Emperor Palpatine. Had they had another temple? No, this is just my theory, my opinion. He had already weaseled them into a space where we all know they should have never been. They were never meant to be soldiers. They were never meant to be generals. They were supposed to be peacekeepers. So even with more than one temple, say they had 50, Palpatine would have been ready for that too. He would have had... All of them covered. So when it came time for Anakin to lead his battalion of the 501st into the Coruscant Temple, at that very same time, other clone marshals from across the galaxy would have taken their legions and battalions into those temples. It would have all been coordinated the same way, my opinion. And I hope more of this Twitterverse, or maybe somebody else that would want to send some input to that is a great question. Because he did, did wind it up with a why or why not. That's my why not. I could not think of one why. So I'd be curious to hear the flip side. And looking forward to next episode of Records of the Republic. In my place, and I hope other friends are looking for it in theirs. The same warm boy's mother nature ain't being kindly to mostly anybody. Layer it up. Stay warm. May the force be with all of you. And as a 
supporter of the Galactic Empire, I am obligated to say, long live the Empire. Long live the Empire. <laughs> He's 100% right, Wade, and it's really simple. None of, Whether they have one Jedi Temple or 15 Jedi Temples, it doesn't change how blind they were, how arrogant they were, like we talked about. Palpatine would have just adjusted his plan. It might have taken him longer. He might have had to do some things differently. But it wouldn't have changed. Like, the Jedi were the reason that they fell. Palpatine was not the reason that they fell. Right, but here's here's my thing. The Jedi, I think, were so blind to what was going on because of how detached from reality they were and how close they were to the Senate and the politicians. And I think, I, I genuinely believe that they would have been better equipped and better in touch with what was going on had they had multiple Jedi temples like they used to, at least in the Old Republic EU. Um, you know, I read Dawn of the Jedi recently, and there were, you know, different temples and everything that they had to visit during their training periods and stuff like that. And I, I really genuinely think, now I'm not saying that they all would have survived. I'm not saying that, you know, more than 50% would have survived. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. But I do think they would have been more in tune with the Force if they were less connected with the, the politics of the day. You'd obviously have the Temple on Coruscant wouldn't be able to avoid that because that's where they are. But instead of having all of their operations directly related to what was going on, on Coruscant, with the politicians, with the Galactic Republic, if they had been more detached, which I believe they would have been had they had many temples. Now, that said, I do agree, Sidious is very prepared, and, you know, he probably would have had a, a plan in place that would have, you know, at least been more effective than just Order 66 as we know it now. But I also think the Jedi would have been able to respond a lot better to it had they had more than, you know, like one central location where they were to return to in, you know, and if they had other, um, you know, Jedi temples that were kind of on standby that may not be actively used regularly, but that were maintained by droids, um, you know, that only the Order knew Maybe. about. If they had stuff like that in place... I think they would have had a better chance of surviving as an order. I think their order I mean, would have had to move to the out, you know, the outer rim outside of question, imperial control. The question is would they have would they have had a better chance? And I think the answer is yes, but I still think they would have lost. You, losing and having a chance at the order existing, two different yes. things. I I agree with you there. I think like I said, I agree with RFB that Sidious is is just Super crafty, super well prepared. I, I don't have any question about that. You know, again, credit where credit is due. Um, but I think the order itself would have had a, a better chance of surviving as an order had they had other temples and were they more connected with, you know, if, if you've got temples in areas where the war doesn't quite exist yet um, or in areas where the Jedi are just super in tune with the people of the planet, you know, helping out what's going on on that planet and nearby planets. You know, if you had something like that, 
I think public opinion of the Jedi would not have swayed the way it did. People aren't going to buy the the imperial the imperial lie that is the Jedi trying to overthrow the Republic because there were Jedi at other temples that had nothing to do with what was going on on Coruscant. So I think the order as a whole would have had better opportunity to to survive. I think that's a fair point. I agree with it. So that was just something I had been thinking about as I was reading Dawn yeah, of the cool Jedi. Um, that book is really interesting. Um, I forgot what I gave it a rating of, but it was it was fairly good. If the movie is anything like that, I think it'll be a good movie. Sweet. I'll have to check it out. I haven't heard of that one. It's good. But that's all we have for you guys tonight. A little bit shorter episode. Kept it under an hour. Hit our goal. Boom, baby. We did a good job. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know what you think about Tales of the Jedi, Tales of the Sith, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and, of course, Star Wars What If. What would you like to see um, happen in a theoretical multiverse situation uh, with Star Wars storytelling? As always, may the Force be with you, and remember, this is the way. <laughs>